Yes, it's Drop the Subject with Allie Johnson and James Simmons. And, of course, summer is here. And if you're a white lady, then you know rosé, okay? You probably have purchased a rosé all day t-shirt or namaste rosé or, I mean, there are just a million of them. We a million are, white ladies? That, well, yes, that as well. <laughs> a million and shirts. I too. mean, the rosé aisle at the grocery store started out as like a row, and now it is an entire section. It has really become a huge, huge thing over the past couple of years. And so we wanted to talk to Donna Burston, who is a, a black winemaker and is trying to change uh, the narrative about rosé. Donna, we couldn't be happier to, uh, ha- happier to have you on. Welcome to the show. Have you had some rosé? Yeah, Thank that. you so much. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I am already eager to try La Fête du Rosé, which is your the wine that you make. And I just wanted to get mm-hmm. some background from you about how this started. How did you get into the business? I know that you your rosé is French, but I don't know. Yes. Like, are you in France right now? What's going on? Tell us. Everything. I wish I'm in, I'm in Miami. I wish I was okay. in France right now, but Miami's not bad. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So I actually started my career way back in 2003. Uh, I was working on Hennessy Cognac and Moët de Chandon uh, in the Atlanta market. Did that for a couple of years and then went off to New York like we all do when we're so young. And I went and worked for Heineken doing all of their promotions and sponsorships around the African-American consumer. That only lasted a short year, and I got the call to come back down to LBMH Moore Hennessy, this time in Miami. So I was there for 10 years working across the entire portfolio, Belvedere Vodka, Book de Coach Champagne, Moite Chandon, and then Dom Perignon. I burned out, thought I was tired of the industry, took six months and traveled around the world to find myself, quote unquote. Mm. <laughs> then I received a call from a former colleague on Book de Co and said, hey, I'm now the CMO of Champagne Armand de Brignac, a.k.a. Ace of Spades. Uh, would you like to come on board? And I was like, sure, why not? You know, money was good. My money was also running out from traveling around the world. So <laughs> funny, <laughs> funny how that's a motivator, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that. And then throughout the course of that three years at that company, I traveled to the south of France a lot for work. Uh, and I happened to meet the owner of the winery at a cocktail reception before the big Ampar Gala during the Cannes Film Festival. And we struck up a friendship and I told him, I wanted to start a rosé and he kind of looked at me and was like, what do you mean? I was like, I want to start a cooler, more hipper, more inclusive rosé wine brand. He was like, okay, let's let's see what we can do. And here we are a year later. I mean, a year. Wow. That happened that quickly? Yeah. It's, it's funny because I, I was telling a friend of mine just the other day, like, I really think that this was like serendipity or synchronicity, I should say, excuse me, because I didn't think about any of this while we were going through the process. It really just happened. Like I said, let's do it. He said, send me the money. I, you know, I got a creative designer <laughs> on board. We tasted some wines and then literally a year later, the product was on the shelf. Now, rosé is obviously geared towards white people. That's what it's been. And and how do we change that? Are you looking to try and have it be more available to black and brown communities? Like, wh- how do we change rosé yeah. and what it, and how it's geared toward certain demographics yeah it's interesting because the basis of why i really wanted to change it because when you're in europe and you're in the south of france and all these other places everyone drinks rosé right. regardless of color gender etc for some mm-hmm. reason when it when the trend started stateside the big guys chose to only focus on white women which is no. crazy because <laughs> are you surprised that a large large companies only chose white people to market right. to. Are these Donna? the same marketers as the LaCroix people? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it was always like when I was in the south of France, even living in Miami, my friend's zone or circle of friends was very diverse. And we all drank rosé, whether it be men, women, Asian, black, gay, straight. And I was like, why are we only seeing white women in the Hamptons with flowy dresses and pink flowers as mm-hmm. the definition of what rosé was? In the United States. So for me, when I say it's an all-inclusive brand, it's just really about having conversations with every demographic. If you go to our Instagram, you can see a little bit of everyone there where the marketing for the other brands was always the white woman. And it's just mm-hmm. crazy. So for us, yes, to answer your question, we are targeting you know places that are predominantly African-American, Hispanic, but we're also targeting places like Nobu and, and Satai Hotel and the W Hotel and just saying, hey, listen, this brand is for everyone. Let's stop saying it's a women's drink or it only has to be consumed in the summertime when the sun's out. Like we're just trying to change the entire conversation. So it's taken seriously by everyone is a real thing. And I think that that is so incredibly important, Dante, in terms of like the representation, not only of you as an as a black owner of a rosé wine, but then also being very intentional about your marketing and distribution efforts. So yes, this yes. is distributed for a place that's for everyone, but also the sponsoring of events that that we've exactly. seen like on your website and things like that, and being involved in the community. And it's not just about like, oh, we think everyone should drink our wine so that we can make more money. Like, let's actually change the narrative. And I I have to say very personally, as a black man who has been drinking rosé for several years, (laughs) probably influenced by the white ladies in my life, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> I am I just to be totally completely honest I'm, uh, you guys should totally try it it's great um, I, I am very very thrilled and super excited to see that this is happening I, again I feel like the spirit of what you're doing here feels different from like let's just make money off of the black community which a lot of businesses do or like in the LGBTQ community for instance we have you know everyone loves us during the month of June which is pride right. because they want our money and then yeah they you know sort of disappear about that and we we have to dip really quick to uh, a break but when we come back i kind of want to talk about what you you're not only walking the walk but you're talking the talk no the other way around talking the talk but walking the walk <laughs> in terms of supporting the community we're on with donna burston um black rose winemaker we'll have more with them on drop the subject we'll be right back drop the subject the new channel q Welcome back to Drop the Subject on the new channel Q. I am Allie. She is James or something like that. And we are on here with Donny Burston, who is the black owner of uh, Le Fête Rosé. Did I say it right? Yes. Oh, rosé party. All right. the rose, it is a rosé party and we're having a rosé party here. Uh, it's really exciting. And uh, Donny is, is doing a lot to change the narrative about who rosé is marketed to and who drinks rosé. But even more than that, you are actually giving money back to the community, Donna. Can you tell us a little bit about your initiative with Color of Change? Yeah. So, you know, initially our, our give back community platform was all about travel because travel for me really educated me postgraduate. I traveled around the world. I've met many different people. It was probably the best education I had, including better than college. But then when everything started with the murder of George Floyd and all these other companies were out there just donating money. But for me, it was very different because I felt like the onus was on me as a black CEO and a black founder of the company to do my part and do my part now. So from now until August, $2 from every bottle sold is donated to the color of change. But we're also donating to an organization that will serve as a resource and a pipeline for other people of color to get into the adult spirits business. Because we've had so many people reach out and say, how do I get into business? How did you get started? I didn't even know this was a career path. So in addition to the color of change, we're looking to also make the industry overall 
far more inclusive. Are you starting to see a little more inclusivity when it comes to how the wine business is changing in general, maybe over the last five? I mean, you've been involved in this industry in a long time. Yeah. Have you seen some changes? It's I have. Yeah, I have. I, I think, you know, I always tell this story when I was on Clico, they were very clear that their audience was you know, general market female that made $75,000 a year plus. And now if you look at a lot of the things they're doing, it's far more multicultural. So I think brands are realizing you can no longer segment based upon demographic and you have to think about psychographics. So as an industry, they're starting to get that, but the positions of leadership, power, and decision-making are still predominantly old white men. So we're trying to change that. And hopefully in the next in the 50 years, you'll see that change. It's so nice. I'm just going to say it's really nice to go on your Instagram page and see images of men drinking wine in general, because like rosé aside, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I've talked to some men that some men that are like, no, 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 I want a beer, you know, and I'm like, do you even like wine? Have you tried wine? Or is it something that you feel emasculates you? And like, is that something that you're actively trying to combat in your social media presence and with your company in general? Because it seems that there's still this stigma around it, especially with like white wine or rosé. Exactly. If a guy's going to drink wine, it's like, I want like a big Cabernet or something. That yeah. has to be like and, some meat, seems something to eat with a steak. And this is, the, again, the, the, the mistake that the other brands made initially because they, they made men feel like to drink this light pink wine was very feminine. So I'm actively trying to change that because, again, like I said, in France and in South of France and Europe, everyone drinks rosé. It's not based upon gender. It doesn't make you look soft and, and all that good stuff. So we're just showing a lot more men drinking rosé because we know secretly men are drinking it. But somehow in public, it's to your point, I got to have the beer or give right. me the scotch. And you're just like, dude, stop. Like I saw you <laughs> at the beach club drinking rosé. It's OK. So we're making it more, you know normal if so to speak mm -hmm. so we even had athletes drinking rosé and we post them on instagram thank god for people like lebron james who now yeah. on his own instagram shows himself drinking rosé because then that makes everybody else feel like oh if lebron can drink rosé i can too so we're actively pushing to change that because you know listen it's a shame that we even think that a drink is for female versus male and we just want all that to go away yeah, yeah, I think that's such a to gender everything for some stupid right, yeah. right, and we feel the need for that, or even that to you know, and we certainly I don't want to go the conversation to go super serious, but that we sort of equate anything that is female centric towards being like like bad necessarily. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we, but that's a whole society cultural picture. What I really want to talk about, by the way, as someone who is a, I'm not a connoisseur of rosé necessarily. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking you to just the drink movie. a lot of it. I just drink a lot of it and I know what I like. So I, mm -hmm. give us, and we have a lot of wine drinking listeners. So yep. tell us a little bit about the actual wine. Like, yes, you're a do-gooder, fine. Yes, you're <laughs> and it's eco-friendly and it's affordable. Uh, right, but how does it taste? Like, do I want to drink this? It's damn good. So what I tell people is there's two spectrums of rosé. There's the very light pink, acidic, bitter get one glass you're like okay i don't want that and then there's the other side which is the very heavy foody rose wines again you want one glass and you're kind of done this is the perfect blend right down the middle so you still have a lot of fruit long finish but it's still light and easy to drink also our abv or alcohol by volume is 12.5 percent a lot of the other roses are pushing 13 to 14 percent so all you get is a lot of alcohol so with our wine you get a lot more fruit a longer finish, and it's damn good. I mean, we just got a 90 point by wine spectator. So, oh, nice. Uh, excuse me, wow. wine enthusiast. So you can't get that without having some good juice in the bottle. Well, it's wow. 25 bucks a bottle, which is very affordable. www.lafetterose.com. That's L-A-F-E-T-E, 
rose.com. One last question for you, Donna, before we let you go. Any mm-hmm. interest in maybe developing a wine for Rosé's less popular sister, White Zinfandel? So we Trick question, Donna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it kidding, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, so our next offering, we're not. We're going to stick with Rosé for our next offering. So our next offering will be a sparkling Rosé, also made <gasps> in South of France. Nice. So that's My coming uh, next year. Favorite. Yeah. My favorite, you know, so it's coming next year. And I do want to also before you go, I know you had a lot of events that you did at Atlanta, D.C., uh, and it was yeah. expanding to Houston. And, you know, obviously we're in the middle of a global pandemic, so those are not yeah. going on. But I just I, I want to press you just a little bit. We're in Los Angeles. When we're able to open back up, you're going to add Los Angeles to that list, right? Oh, Los Angeles is going to be like ground zero for everything that we do next year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, see, I'm in. We have your spokespeople right here. Yeah. I will gladly be a black queer man drinking all the rosé you want me to it. drink. <laughs> yeah, James is, will be your number one endorser. I'm all for it. Donna Burson, uh, CEO and founder of La Fête Rosé. I think it's just La Fête Rosé on your Instagram. Is that correct? Simple. I mean, you, of course, you have the formal name La Fête du Rosé, and then we have the easy name when we're just talking to friends, which is La Fête Rosé. Oh. Excellent. Very oh, we good. just say, hey, I'm La Fête Rosé. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's La Fête. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, Donna, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Take care. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. 